0: Good morning again. Welcome to our service here at our downtown campus, the core of week four of Promised Land. Uh, If you didn't catch it at the beginning, uh, Pastor Michael uh, shared with you. I'm Pastor Tim, one of our five pastors here at 922 Ministries, mainly up at our north campus. But it's always great to be down here uh, as I have an opportunity to worship with our family here at the core. We are in this sermon series on promises and and I pray that you're blessed today as we unpack promise number four. And to get you thinking about it, I want to tell you a story from my life. I was 14 years old, uh, and I set foot in a weight room for the first time. Our coach on our football team walked us through. He showed us all the different machines and how to use them properly so we wouldn't get hurt. He showed us the different uh, things that he wanted us to do as a part of our regular weight training with a purpose. There was a goal. Back in the day, maybe you've heard this phrase. They probably still use it today with athletes. Bigger, faster, stronger. Like all these things were intended to help you get bigger so you could be better, stronger, so you could play better, faster, so your team and you would be better. And I bought in hook, line, and sinker. Like, I loved working out in the gym four days a week, hour and a half each day, Guns N' Roses was all the rage, and the album on that little thing called a tape (laughs) would last the whole workout, appetite for destruction. Like, can I get an amen? All the old people, the young people are like, guns and roses. Sounds really weird. And I bought, line, bought in hook, line, and sinker because of this. It was going to serve a purpose. I wanted to play more as a sophomore on the JV and be a starter. I wanted to get playing time as a junior uh, and, and then also on the varsity, maybe as a senior, be a captain or, or at least get a chance to play both ways, like bigger, faster, stronger. The pain that we would go through, as our coach told us, would come with a purpose and a win, a gain, and it did. All those things happened, but there was more. Like as a freshman at my high school, our football team won the state championship, first time and only time Michigan Lutheran Seminary won a state championship. And I looked at all these big dudes, these fast dudes, and and I saw them walking around campus with this amazing thing called the pound for pound club T-shirt. Like, it was amazing. You got this t-shirt if you could bench-press your weight. And so now, not only did the pain produce the gain from, from a football standpoint, but now a personal standpoint, like, I wanted to be a part of that. And so all the workouts served a purpose. And sure enough, by the end of my senior year, one of the things that you got was not only a pound for pub, town club t-shirt when you bench-pressed your weight, but you could get one for further weights up the scale. And by the end of my senior year, I had one that said 400 pounds on it. I know, that's pretty cool. Don't ask me if I could do it today, because if I do, all these other pastors will be filling in for me as I recover from some kind of surgery (laughs) on my shoulder, arms, pectoral muscles, and everything else known to man. But I did it. The the pain that I went through, the the workouts that were hard, served an amazing purpose. And I want you to have that in mind today, because that's really the tension that exists and why today's promise is so important and relevant. Like, you and I would probably agree, if we're going to throw the first thing on the screen for today and fill in some blanks about the tension for today, that we buy into the phrase no pain, no gain, when the pain we go through serves the purpose and there is a gain as a result. Like, every athlete would tell you that you have to go through the pain of leg day. It might not feel good for the next 24 to 48 hours, but, but the gain is real in helping you achieve your goals. Any woman who's ever gone through pregnancy, there is pain involved over the nine months, it is painful in the process of giving birth to a child, but in that moment, when you hear that cry and you hold that child for the first time, moms, I, I know this is true, there is a whole lot of gain in the pain that served as a part of it, it's not as much on your mind. Like the pain, we can go through it and are willing to suffer it if we know there's a gain. You know this at, at work, maybe the first time you, you graduated from college, applied for a job, the boss said, hey, you're going to have to start at the bottom rung of the ladder. You're going to have to work hard. You're going to have to set yourself apart. You're going to have to stand out. We're going to ask you to do things that might not be enjoyable, but, but you will see the fruit of your, your labor and, and the pain will, will come with a gain of climbing the ladder, having more uh, authority maybe at work, getting better benefits, like all these things will be part of it and you'll put yourself through it because there's a gain at the end of the pain. Any college student who is getting close to graduation and wants to go on to grad school or med school or law school or any school like that knows you've got to pass these tests that are super impossible and super hard and will require a whole lot of time and a whole lot of sleepless nights and, and it'll be painful but you recognize that going through the pain will lead to a gain. But, like that reality that we accept when pain has a purpose behind it, when there's a gain that we can see at the finish line, is different when the gain is not there. Like the tension, no pain, no gain, that we experience and see is this, when there's no gain, you know what most people say about the pain? No. <laughs> Like, if there's no gain, I don't want pain. Like, if there's no gain, if it serves me no purpose, like, I would not go through leg day in the gym. It, it is horrible. Like, it is nothing that you would want to experience. Or how about at work? Like, if your boss said to you, and you applied for a job, like, we're going to put you at the bottom rung of the ladder, and you're going to always stay at the bottom rung of the ladder, and you're going to be miserable at work because you're not going to like the bottom rung of the ladder, but this is what you get, and the pay isn't very good, you would say, no. Like, no, thank you. <laughs> Can I get an amen? Like, there's no gain, so why would I go through the pain? Like, I think we get that tension too, right? And sometimes even the tension that really is important for us to wrestle with, be honest with, be transparent about, is sometimes when there's no gain, we cry out to God and say, why pain? Like, not just no pain, God, but but Why? I'd actually say to you that some of you are watching today and, and some of you that are here today are, are probably in this position right now where you're dealing with pain and, and you're wrestling with God. Why? God, I, I, there's no evident gain for this pain. I actually would tell you that there are people that maybe you know, maybe this is, was you or maybe you're wrestling with this right now, that they say one of the biggest reasons why they will not, believe in God, the God of the Bible, the God that, that we believe in, that we preach here, that you hear Pastor Michael and Pastor Mike talk about all the time down here at the core, and we talk about it at our St. Peter campus, is this God who is love, and this God who is good, and this God who is gracious, and this God who is big, and this God of the Bible who performed miracle after miracle, and, and the Savior who does healing. If that's the God you believe in, but this is the garbage that he gives, I want nothing to do with that God. Like a lot of people's, pushback on Christianity is that if that's the God that you believe in, I want no part in it. Because there's a lot of pain and I'm not seeing that there would be any gain, so I'm gone. No thank you. So I don't know if that's what you wrestle with. I don't know If that's what you're struggling with, I don't know if this tension is real in your life right now, but the odds are pretty good. Either it has been, it is, or it will be at some point in your life. And that's why today's promise is so important to help us when this tension is high and real. And to help us understand that today, I'm super excited that we're going to unpack a chapter in the Bible that I would tell you might be one of the greatest chapters in all of the book. Now, I'm not here to say that any part of the Bible is better than another part of the Bible because it's all inspired, but there are some that have so much in it and they're so full of, of benefits and blessings that when we stick with them and we unpack them, we truly see uh, some amazing truths. Like Romans chapter 8 is one of those chapters. Like Ezra 2 is inspired, but how many of you have ever memorized a verse from Ezra chapter 2? Anybody? Do any of you even know what, book, uh, what part of the Bible it's in? Old Testament, New Testament, where you'd find it? How long would it take you to page through your Bible to get there without looking at the table of contents? Like Ezra inspired book of God, but Romans 8, amazing. And right in the middle is this section where God speaks to Christians who are dealing with that tension of pain. At the beginning of the book, talks about we're saved by grace, God is amazing, the Holy Spirit produces fruit in our hearts to, to bless us this side of heaven, amazing. It ends with an amazing reminder of our identity and nothing can rob us of it in God. And right in the middle is this section on pain that oftentimes undermines our lives and affects our relationship with God. So I want to share some verses with you so you see it in context to give you some truths before I get to the promise because I believe these truths are vital and important for you and for me to truly understand this promise in in, in all its beauty and to believe it differently. Because I'm going to pitch to you right now here today that of all of God's promises, this might be one of the the best ones for us this side of heaven to hold on to and have. But it's the least believed, perhaps, of all the promises of God by Christians because of that tension. And we need to see it for what it is and believe it with our whole heart because it will truly be a blessing to you. But to have the whole perspective on it, I believe, will help you appreciate it even more and live in the promised land of God. All right, so Romans chapter 8, how do we deal with that tension? What does God want us to remember? Let's unpack it beginning with verse 19 through 22. Now, 19 to 22 are important in the context because the Apostle Paul is making a case for what he's about to say and the promise of God that he's going to give. For the creation waits in eager expectation for the children of God to be revealed. Like, creation waits for God's children to be truly revealed and who they are, in all their wholeness, everything that God longs for us to be. For the creation was subjected to frustration, not by its own choice, but by the will of the one who subjected it, God, in hope that the creation itself will be liberated from its bondage to decay and brought into the freedom and glory of the children of God. Creation was subjected to frustration, not by its own choice or by its own doing, but by God. Like here's the thing that the Apostle Paul is, is, is echoing. This world in which we live is broken. Creation is broken as a result, but creation had nothing to do with its brokenness. Like the trees, the sun, the moon, the stars, the animals did not sin. And yet they suffer the results of sin. Like creation literally, we know the whole creation has been groaning as in the pains of childbirth right up to the present time. Like right up to this present time, for thousands of years, creation is groaning, waiting, longing for the arrival of the gain. But the reality is creation, and all of it,
1: is suffering from pain brokenness.
0: Like, here's a truth that you need to have in mind in order to, to truly appreciate today's promise. I believe this truth so much undermines people's belief in this promise or why they forget this promise. And here's the truth that you need to have in mind that this section reveals to us. Pain was never a part of God's plan. Like, God never intended for creation to be subjected to frustration and pain. God never intended for Adam and Eve to endure and feel pain and go through suffering. It wasn't a part of God's plan. Like pain is a part of this world, brokenness is a part of your life because Adam and Eve broke the command that God gave them. Adam and Eve sinned. And the consequence of their sin, very clearly in Genesis chapter 3, you can open the book and you can read it. God said to them very clearly, right up front, that as a result of your sin, one of the biggest consequences, one of the first ones you will experience is pain. Like Adam, the work that you will now do, the work of the ground, the sweat that will come down from your head, the blisters that you will get on your hands, the exhaustion that you will feel as a result of 12-hour days, like that is a consequence of sin, the pain that you will have is a part of the broken world you now created, so to speak, by your action. And Eve, you will now be in pain when you carry children and and give birth to them. There will be pain as a part of childbirth because of your sin. Like the pain that is in this world is not a part of God's plan. He's not the cause of it. Sin is the reason for it. And so when we have the question, why pain? And we start to question God. I need you to come back to this truth first and foremost before you can truly understand and and then see the promise for what it is. Because if you get this part confused, that tension will be overwhelming to you. Your heart will wrestle with God. Your fist will shake at God. Your faith will be shook and doubt will be real. But pain was never a part of God's plan. God doesn't want to see and it breaks the heart of God when he sees fruitless and faithless marriages and the pain that results. Like the heart of God breaks when the cancer diagnosis is given to that young child or to your spouse who, who then hear the news that there is no cure, this is, this is terminal, you will die way too young. Like that kind of pain was never a part of God's plan but it's a part of our reality. Because we live in a broken world, as creation groans for what God has in store for us in the future, we live as a part of that broken world and we are broken people who do life with broken people and we feel pain. I will not minimize that one bit, it is real. The pain and suffering we go through this side of heaven is real physically, emotionally, relationally, spiritually. But it was never a part of God's plan. And when you know that and when you see that, then the rest of what we're going to talk about that Romans 8 reveals to us will help us truly not only appreciate the promise of God, but but rely on it in a completely different way through a completely different perspective. Later on in Romans chapter 8, the Apostle Paul says this, in light of the fact that pain was never a part of God's plan, He says this to you and me when we're in the midst of our pain. It actually connects us to one of the promises we heard before. But here are the words from God, Romans 8, chapter, uh, verse 26. In the same way, the Spirit helps us in our weaknesses. The Holy Spirit who lives in us helps us in those moments when we are going through pain, when we are struggling with circumstances, when the situation and tension is real, that, that we don't understand what good could this pain be for me? What purpose could it serve? Why the pain? In the same way, in the midst of that, the Spirit helps us. And when we do not know what to pray for, the Spirit himself intercedes for us through wordless groans. Have you ever been there when you've been in pain, when you've been going through something where there seemed no gain? You didn't know what to say, how to say it, uh, how to express it? Like, if you've been there, God knows because he's present in your pain. Like, the Holy Spirit is literally there, the one who searches your hearts, that's God, knows the mind of the Spirit. He's connected to God, God. Our God is triune, three persons, one God. Because the Spirit intercedes for God's people in accordance with the will of God. What God wants for you, what God longs for you, the Holy Spirit takes to the throne of God. Like in the midst of your pain, when you don't know what to say, when you're struggling to find the words, when the hurt is that real and that deep, and you wonder, could there be any gain, know that God knows and know that God cares and know that God is present. Like when it comes to pain, you need to understand it was never a part of God's plan But when you're in pain and when you're wondering why pain, why God, why now, what purpose, know this about God. He is present in your pain. It's truth number two. God is present in your pain. God didn't have as a part of the plan, but now that it's here and it's real for you and me, he doesn't leave. He hasn't deserted us. It was promise number one. I believe God is here. God is with you. And he is in pain.
1: And that's so important.
0: Because the devil would long for you in that moment to not believe that a victory or anything good is possible. The enemy, what he intended for bad in the garden, God wants you to hear and know that he knows he's present. But he can turn it for good. Many of you maybe have heard of uh, an author by the name of C.S. Lewis, 20th century author, wrote many books, was uh, an atheist and became a Christian. He wrote probably one of the most famous books uh, that Christians turn to on pain, The Problem with Pain. So when you have a problem with pain, he he said there are a whole lot of questions and a whole lot of things that people will struggle with and wonder about God. But he also gave us insight about pain, uh, pain that God never Intended as a part of his original plan, but pain that God can use. And here's one of his quotes. He said, Pain, and why knowing that God is present and then leading to how God can work it for good, what the enemy intended for evil, pain, C.S. Lewis said, shatters the illusion that all is well. Like we want everything to be well. None of us want to have pain. But we live in a broken world. We are sinful human beings. And the result of sin, the consequence that each and every one of us deserve, is eternal pain. (laughs) Like pain this side of heaven is one of those things that that reminds us that not all is well and things are not as they intended to be. C.S. Lewis went on to say, it shatters the illusion that all is well, that what we have, the things that we have, our family, our friends, our possessions, the things that we have in this life, whether good or bad in itself is our own and enough for us. Like, pain shatters the illusion that those things are our own and are enough. Like, there's something off, there's something missing, there's something better. C.S. Lewis also said, pain is God's megaphone shouting at the world to wake up. Like, some of the greatest spiritual awakenings in history are at some of the worst times in history when people are enduring pain. Like, those of you who are alive who who remember 9-11, And what happened after 9-11, like people flocked to churches for a time. They ran to the place where they could find peace and hope in a world that's so broken and so much pain. Like it's times like that, that the shouts of God go out and God wants you and me to understand in our life too. When, When we feel pain, there's something that's wrong. There's something that's missing. There's something that is better. Like God uses pain. And so when we have the question and wrestle with the tension, when we don't see the benefit and we don't see the gain, God wants you to know that there is one, that there is a purpose, that God can take something bad that Adam and Eve brought in that wasn't a part of his plan and use it for good, your eternal and spiritual good. As Paul's going to give this promise in just a second, I want you to remember that a few chapters earlier in the book of Romans, he said this. He said this to Christians who were under attack for their faith the Roman Christians for the next many years are going to be persecuted for their faith. Some were going to die uh, at the hands of lions. Some of them were going to lose their life at the hands of Nero. The persecution of Christians was going to be real and big. And, and it would be easy to question all that pain when they were sharing their faith in God and standing up for what they believed. So Paul said to them by inspiration these words, not only so, but we glory in our sufferings. We celebrate our sufferings. They are things that... God can use for good, a good for you and for me because we know, and here it is, that suffering produces fruit. From a spiritual perspective, God says, suffering and pain, while not a part of my intended plan, now that it's here, I can even take that bad that the devil wants to work for evil and use it for a good for you and for me and for all. It can produce perseverance. Like God wants you on this spiritual journey to have perseverance because the race is long and life is hard. And he doesn't want you to be knocked off the course of the path to heaven along the way. Suffering sometimes wakes us up, drives us back to God. You can use it for that spiritual good. It produces character. Like a lot of people at times will say, what God uses for suffering in my life was to refine me, to, to bring me closer to God, to, to celebrate grace as sufficient, all the things that God longs for your character, your spiritual character, oftentimes God can use pain for that good. And character, my friends, produces hope. You know what they say is sometimes the most powerful force are people going through pain, who are dealing with disease, who are facing challenges and struggles that are big and, and, and maybe no worldly answer? Hope. Like a lot of times the person who's who's going through chemotherapy and radiation treatment, they say the the power of hope helps a lot of people get through it. Like when there's hope, and for Christians who know there's help, God, God longs for you to have that in this journey of life until we reach heaven. God wants you to hear loud and clear, pain was never a part of my plan. I'm present in it. And I promise, I want you to hear it, I want you to know it, it's a truth of my word, that it can serve a good purpose. Pain serves a purpose, that when there's pain, there is gain. Spiritually speaking, spiritual qualities, spiritual fruit are produced. If you're filling in your blanks, here's truth number three. Pain serves a purpose, which is a gift. I want you to see it for what it is. If God can use pain to give you perseverance, to, to refine your character, to to give you more hope, is that not good? And is that not God? And when you wonder and when you doubt and when the tension is high, before I get to the promise, I want you to remember that tension and remember his name. His name is Jesus. Jesus understood the tension and the principle of no pain, no gain. Like Jesus God's son came down to earth cuz he knew that if he didn't endure the pain, you and I would. Jesus understood the principle that without pain, there would be no gain for you and for me for eternity. And he didn't want that for you. That was not a part of his plan. And so he stepped into our shoes. He took on human flesh. He literally endured the pain of living here on planet earth. He saw the brokenness Uh, Of all that it is, he endured and saw the pain of of loss that people went through and it broke his heart. And he didn't want that for you or for me for eternity. He wanted us to get the gain, so he endured the pain of the cross. Jesus didn't look at it and say, no gain for me, then no pain. No, he said, I'll take the pain so that they have the gain. If you're struggling with the tension... Hold on to the cross of our Savior, the, the visual of the one who came down, who endured pain so that you and I might get all the gain. What God never intended to be is not what God wants for you to be eternity. And with all those truths in mind that God is present in the pain, that God can use it for a spiritual good to build you up, to refine you, then and only then when you see that it was never a part of his plan, it's not a why God, but In the midst of the pain, how do I hold on to your promise, trusting that there's gain? And that's Romans chapter 8, verse 28. It's his promise. It's his promise to a world that when there's pain, no matter how strong a faith, this promise is is sometimes not believed or something that we ignore or forget. Because you know what happens in times of, of pain and suffering and difficulties and challenges? We look horizontally. We get consumed by the here and the now, the life that we're in, the pain that is real. And we forget to look vertically. Like, looking vertically reminds us of the one who who is now ruling over all things, the one who came down and went to a cross. We need to look vertically and this promise is all about taking our eyes off of the pain and putting our eyes on the one who endured the pain so that we might get all the gain. And so the Apostle Paul, by inspiration, has this promise for you and for me. And we know that in all things, God works for the good of those who love him. Literally, in the Greek, the word know is not uh, the the experiential knowledge. Like one of the words uh, to to know something in Greek was experientially. Like you went through it, uh, you experienced it firsthand so you could say it. Like there are times when I could say and experience, I went through that pain, but now five Years later, I got to look back and see and understand. I, I know because I've gone through it, what it worked out for good. But there are times when we never get to see it. There are sometimes we don't know it. Usually in the middle of it, we don't know experientially that this is for good, right? But we have to trust God and His promise that it's good. That's this kind of knowledge. It's OIDA knowledge. It's intuition knowledge. It's knowledge based on facts. That our God is a God of promises. That our God has a track record of keeping them. That our God has proven throughout history, the Apostle Paul could point to it and we can point to it, that he works for the good of his people. And he even uses pain and can use it for our spiritual good and our eternal good. Because we've been called according to his purpose. And you know what God's purpose for you and for me To grow spiritually right here and right now. And sometimes he'll use pain to do that just for you, like he did Paul. Paul cried out, release me from this pain. God said, no, my grace is sufficient for you. (laughs) My power is made perfect in your weakness. You might be going through a pain, it might never be removed, and God can be using it to refine you spiritually, to bring you closer to him, to be reliant on the one thing that matters. Like C.S. Lewis said, pain shatters the illusion that this world is the be-all and end-all. That heaven is the end goal, is what God longs for you and me to, to see, and sometimes pain produces that purpose. Pain. Like sometimes you'll go through it and it will never end for you, but it serves good for them. Like I think of many of stories of Christian people who, who've endured pain. They, they've gone through all sorts of pain. There's a story of a lady who was paralyzed at a young age, diving into uh, shallow water. Unbeknownst to her, it, it caused her to to then be paralyzed for the rest of her life. And, and now, for 40 years, she's worked to be a blessing to people with disabilities. She's fought for things in Congress. And, and people ask her all the time, Don't you struggle and wrestle with the pain? And she says, the, the pain is real for me, but the gain has been experienced by so many others. Sometimes the pain you go through blesses and serves the spiritual fruits for other people. They see you in pain, and they see God, and they see your faith and your perseverance. And it wakes them up like pain serves a godly purpose. It may not be good in the moment. It might not be a good thing that you've gone through it. It's not a part of God's design and it breaks his heart when it happens, which is the truth of this promise. I want to put it in these words so maybe it resonates differently. All things may not be good. Like cancer is not good. Your spouse leaving you is not good. Like having financial difficulties, due to nothing that you did wrong, is not good. All things may not be good, but, but God can and will work all things for good. Your spiritual good. And perhaps the simple good is that it will be ultimately for your eternal good, that that pain and that suffering and that brokenness takes you from this earth that is
1: thrown to heaven. And as hard as that is, that's God using it for good. Because he doesn't want you to stay in the brokenness
0: for good. Which is why I want to give you a little glimpse of what the Apostle Paul ends the chapter with, to help reinforce this promise. God can and will use it for good. You might not experience it now, but he wants you to see the ultimate good uh, and have this on your heart so that you can treasure this promise Paul said this, I consider that our present sufferings are not worth comparing with the glory that will be revealed in us. What awaits us, the joy that awaits us is so much greater than the pain. It's not even worth having a conversation about the apostle Paul said. Like, I will use it for gain like the ultimate gain, you will experience it because there's nothing in this world that can change your identity. God and you are good because Jesus endured the pain and he wants you to know that in the pain he can use it for your spiritual good, for their spiritual good, and for your eternal good. Hold on to it, believe it, never forget it, remember the truths that are a part of it because nothing this side of heaven, angels, demons, present, future, any powers, height, depth, anything else in all creation, that creation that groans, will be able to separate you from the love of God that is in Christ Jesus our Lord. When there's pain, it's so easy to say, if there's not gain, I don't want it. I'll leave you this story with a pastor by the name of Tim Keller. Anyone ever read a Tim Keller book? Lots of books. A Christian pastor in the city of New York, pastored a large church in the city of New York. His books, his writings have blessed millions and millions of people. Uh, two and a half years ago, he came down with, and was diagnosed with stage four pancreatic cancer. Like, that's a death sentence. And a lot of people wondered why.
1: Like that man shares the gospel with millions.
0: Well, Tim Keller said these words when asked about all that he was going through and sadly, just a few months ago, he passed away and succumbed to the disease. He said this in a recent interview, he said, I spent all of my life saying that communion with God and the presence of God can satisfy us every morning. I spent all my career telling people that it was available and experiencing some of it, but actually Every so often, Kathy and I will say, we are having a much better life now in the pain. In fact, he said this about his spiritual life and how God was using it for good. He said, when I dealt with this before it came on, I thought I had a really good prayer life. But when I broke through into another dimension, I realized, oh my goodness, I was much, much, much less frankly. My my prayer life wasn't very good at all. He said, my prayer life improved significantly. My relationship with God grew significantly. He said he learned in the pain that he had ignored one of the most important things of his life. All the jobs that he had, the interviews he got to do, the books he got to write. When he went through the pain, he had to slow down and he had to spend time with his family. Like God used it for good, for them, for two and a half years, for his spiritual good, bringing him closer to God. In fact, at the end when he was interviewed a few months before he died, he was basically asked this, like, if you could have it taken away, and he prayed every day for it to be taken away, if you could have the cancer gone and removed and no more pain, but go back to your spiritual life in the way it was, or B, door B, you, the cancer remains, you die from it, but you get the spiritual fruit and blessings you've experienced. He said, I take door B every day, all the time. Because this is so much better, and God used it for good. This promise, my friends, God wants to use it to bless you in times of pain, to produce that kind of fruit. No pain, no gain. Like We apply the principle and are willing to go through it when we see the purpose. And God says, I can use it for good, for a purpose, spiritually, eternally, for you. Brothers and sisters, hold to that promise until that day when he removes you from the pain which will be so good. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, I know there are people here right now, people listening online who, who are in pain. And while some of us might not be, the reality is this side of heaven, uh, as long as there's breath in our lungs, there will come times when we walk through and deal with difficult times. It'll be easy to question why God, why the pain? When there's no gain, we don't want the pain, but God, you say you'll use it for good, you'll work it for good. What the, de- the devil, the enemy intends, Uh, for a bad purpose, Lord, we pray that you use it for good, as you have promised, and we know you will. So give us hearts that say your will be done. Give us hearts that are willing to pray, Lord, in the pain. Uh, We don't know why, we don't know what, but we trust you and you promise that you'll use it for our spiritual and eternal good. Lord, we're going to hold you to it. So in those times, use it to produce perseverance and character and hope. Hope until that final day when we enjoy the ultimate gain of the pain you endured. We pray this in Jesus' powerful name. Amen.